0: On today's Compassion Radio.
1: Am I always right? No. <laughs> Do I agree with everything my American government does? No, I don't. But for the cause of Christ, and maybe this is where that verse comes in without compromising our deepest convictions. It says, I, by all means, became all things to all people that I might win some.
0: It's a new day and a new adventure on Compassion Radio. Thanks for tuning our way today. For the past two days, we've heard the latest from our good friend, who we refer to as Dr. China, for his intimate knowledge and network of relationships all through that nation. He's the best friend a faith-focused enterprise might have in understanding what China is really all about and what to expect when beginning a new work in that country. He's an indispensable asset to the kingdom of God. He's also got plenty more to share with us about the current situation in China and the rest of the Far East. So we'll get right to it and pick up where we left off yesterday. Remember, these programs are available for free to stream anytime in the broadcast archive section of our website, compassionradio.com. And now to the next part of our fascinating discussion.
1: For 20 years, we tried focusing on social service, and then around 2016, and I think it's at least interesting that this seems to be in twenty-year increments. Yeah. The buzz began to change to scientification. Right, we need to scientize the church. Now that's what we're doing a lecture for our executives and my clients. But scientification is nothing new in Chinese history. If you have the superior culture and the superior ethnicity. Mm-hmm then, you, of course, you want to not be westernized. You want to celebrate and highlight... How much better you are. ...wonderful history. And so now you'll see in these celebrations, they're wearing of old Chinese garb and mm-hmm. singing Chinese songs. Well, now we've pushed that into the church. Yeah. And as recently, and I'll be careful here, but as recently as 2019, just a month before the COVID shut everything down, I was at an event, and the whole focus was signification of the church. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they asked me to come on the platform and share my thoughts. And I said to a rather large gathering, I said, do I understand exactly what signification of the church means? No, I don't. Yeah. But as long as the church remains true to the written word of God, and proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I'm not so sure it concerns me greatly. Now, yeah. those are two very large caveats.
0: Yeah, they are not caveats, <laughs> predicates.
1: Let's change the word of God, not one iota, not one jot, ja, not one two. Yeah. So far, they have not. However, there is a group that's working on the Chinese study Bible. Mm-hmm. We've received word that the old study Bibles, which were very good, legally printed in China, may not be printed anymore. And we've tried to buy up all of them that we can for distribution. But theres I'll be cautious here. I do know some of the people working on the committee, I think it's fair to say, I think they would agree that they're liberal and they're theological bad. Now, what may happen is We could keep the text of the Bible the same, but then in the authorized interpretive books, which are approved, promote a higher critical, very liberal viewpoint, which would mythologize the miracles, and so on and so forth. That concerns me. Mm -hmm. Now, if that's what sinicization is, I'm greatly concerned, because that's really not sinicizing anything.
0: Yeah, it's uh, gutting.
1: That's just an errant interpretation of the factuality of God's holy word. So that's what I've seen. Watch out for that word, signification. If it just means let's sing Chinese hymns, I have no problem with that. I mean, I don't really understand Chinese opera, but if you like it, fine. I mean, you may not like the music I enjoy, so there's no problem with that. If they just mean more Chinese faces on the platform and less white faces, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, many years I was invited to speak almost at will many of the larger churches. But I don't think we need Western white faces and Chinese pulpits. And I'm more concerned with the content than I am with the, the, the window dressing.
0: I always kind of suspected that the subtleties of language pushing in a certain direction would be such that the value and the wisdom of the state would be amplified at the expense of individual piety that we would not be encouraged as much by the way they're being translated to pursue God and his wisdom directly and to leave it to the state to be our, our priests, our interpreters of truth, and therefore leave ourselves off the hook for having to pursue that truth directly and trust the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And that would include you know, lay people and pastors alike, that a culture would be eventually transformed within the church to say, you can trust us, we're the best friend of the church, just leave it to us, we'll solve the problems for you. And therefore have by default or by fiat then a kind of a a state theology that allows for God the concept, but not for the presence or the power. I don't know where it's going to go. I haven't seen the other texts coming back to us to say, this is how it's being changed. But we've seen those kind of subtleties happening throughout the history of Christendom, too, where sure. cults spin off their own interpretation of the Word and have enough key passages bent just enough to be able to fit their theology before actually listening to the Word of God.
1: And a very interesting aside to that, and I think what you do here in this wonderful broadcast and your great supporters, what about the digital? Mm-hmm. What about the right. Internet? What about that? In March of this year, the new regulations were put in place on Internet. It's always been a gray area up till now. Mm -hmm. Right now, any broadcasting of a religious nature of any type needs to have an approval and a license. Mm -hmm. The regulations are long. I'm not going to bore your audience with all of that except to say you need to have a license. It's not enough anymore just not to be critical of the Beijing government. Right. You must be proactively supportive of Chinese socialism. Right. Now, that's a pretty high hurdle. Yeah, it is. For Bible-committed preachers to reach. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do that.
0: Like when you're stepping on policy, that becomes the problem, right? If you have an opinion of or praise of people who happen to live in a a country you would call Taiwan, it's instantly going to be shut down on the policy side of things. Because it doesn't fit with the Roosters got two feet objectives of the, the mainland Chinese government. So, when you start talking about a world kingdom, too, that's gonna to be an issue. Because if everything has been sinicized and we are the only true place where Christianity has its right expression, there's going to be a denigration eventually of other expressions of Christianity and other cultures in other countries. Mm-hmm. What do you think we need to be doing or praying for in that?
1: To share my bias, and you know this because you've sat with me as we've gone through briefings, but I still think that we're better off if we want to have a good relationship inside of China for the cause of Christ, to stay away from certain topics. Mm-hmm. And I would include Tibet, Taiwan, I would include the two child policy. There's others that keep cropping up. I, I guess you would include Hong Kong now. A little harder one to not speak to is what appears to be happening out in the far west and mm-hmm. you know with the Uyghurs. Right. Some of these, Taiwan, for example, is political. Mm-hmm. It just is. Now, do I have an opinion on it? Yes. I have an opinion on everything. Just ask me offline. But am I always right? No. Do I agree with everything my American government does? No, I don't. But for the cause of Christ, and maybe this is where that verse comes in without compromising our deepest convictions. It says, I, by all means, became all things to all people that I might win some.
0: Right. Let me rephrase the question, though, this way so it wouldn't make any misunderstandings for the church here. When you say we're not going to tackle this kind of thing from our own Western perspective, are you saying that we need to take the government line when they say this is the way it is or you would be offending us if you brought up this thing ever, and therefore we step away from ever entering into a difficult conversation or a difficult prayer session for a people group or for any sense of social justice for those who are being oppressed or potentially being oppressed that might by that discussion, bring a little bit of embarrassment or light to the government that they don't want to have shed on them. Is that what you're saying about stepping in or not stepping into difficult subjects while trying to be a loyal and faithful entity within that government structure?
1: Yeah, I think each of us, with the responsibilities that we've been given and the task that God has assigned to us, needs to decide when we speak to an issue and what we say, and do we flag things in such a way to alienate when it's not necessary. I'll give you a quick example. A number of years ago, we were hosting a group all the way up the national level, at Los Angeles airport. I happened to be waiting with the ambassador from China at the airport. Mm -hmm. The plane was late, so what's new? And we had lots of time to talk. And when they arrived, we had, on, had a good event, nice Bank, but that next night I was at the table with the ambassador. We exchanged the obligatory cards. Two months later, he wrote me a handwritten letter. And he said, uh, dear doctor, you're a good friend of my people. Mm. Thank you for that. And anything I can do to help you in your work, please call my office. But I noticed on your business card that your map of China, that our rooster only had one leg. Mm-hmm. And we had colored in a map at that point up in the corner. And we had the island of Hainan colored in Right. one foot. We had not colored in Taiwan. I made a decision. We don't have a map on my card anymore, so it's a mood issue. But yeah. at that point, we colored in the second foot. Now, compromise, you may say so. I would encourage your listeners to go back and read the history again of recent China. There is another story, and Chiang Kai shek was not a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> well yeah and uh, you know the China lobby at that time went out of their way to convince us that he was a wonderful born-again believer as was his wife, who's one of the three sisters mm-hmm. When facts would say that that's certainly not the whole story by any. Anyway. The Chinese position is that he was a bandit who loaded up a bunch of boats with precious ghouls and treasures and took them to a distant island. Now, I've never met Chiang Mm Kai-shek. I'm not claiming to be an expert in this area. I am saying there's things I am sure of. What are they? God's word, Genesis to Revelation, is absolutely true to all matters to which it speaks. Jesus Christ, the begotten Son of God, is the only means through which anybody can find entrance into heaven when they believe in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and his soon return. Of that, I am 100% certain. Of that, there is no compromise. There is no being quiet. If Taiwan wanted to come voluntarily back into the mainland of China, could that happen someday? Maybe it might.
0: Yeah, I think things are considerably possible. If I don't mind me interjecting here before we get to the end of that conversation, I want to make sure that because of the context in the past three weeks especially, I don't want to be dancing light around the idea of self-determination for nations. An example of that for me about why it's so important for us to be attentive to the reality for those who are on the ground now is simply that it has become pretty apparent that the church that was attacked in Southern California just a few weeks ago was attacked by a patriotic Chinese nationalist who didn't like Taiwanese being mentioned in a name and made a trip from Las Vegas to California to go murder Taiwanese Christians. Mm. So that's a reality. That really happened. I haven't seen a whole lot being discussed in the media about the motivations for that assault or why it's so touchy. My guess is because things are so delicate right now between our government and China that they don't want that to be floated around too much and creating another pivot point of dissension within the United States that could trouble the relationship of trying to put our supply of goods and services across the oceans back on track. That's my guess. But nonetheless, there is a sense that two extremes, anybody who buys into a patriotism that spawns hate is going to be a useful tool for fools. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at PO Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. There is a sense that 2 extremes, anybody who buys into a patriotism that spawns hate is going to be a useful tool for fools. And it seems like the church in Southern California that has Taiwanese roots culturally and geographically paid the ultimate price for being simply who they are and born where they were and loving Jesus where they were and not giving up that name. So I I want to give them full honor and credit for just being followers of Christ that happened to hold the name Taiwanese, and that was where they felt at home. That died because of it.
1: We are in 100% agreement. I don't think we're saying different things at all. For one thing, in our country, those precious people have every right to worship and declare their heritage any way they want, And we've lost lives defending that right for those precious people.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think we should defend it. And my voice is not one to minimize the tragedies that take place under an autocratic, atheistic regime. Mm -hmm. I would say what China needs is Jesus.
0: Of course it does. Doctor, I'll, I'll just amplify that real quickly by saying you and I both know that the greatest thing about making that statement is that God's already answered that. Of course China needs Jesus. And in real terms, they've got more Jesus than most of the world combined. They've got hundreds of millions of people that have had a close encounter with the gospel of Christ who have responded to it. And every time we talk about the power of the word of God in China, we keep amping the numbers up because millions more every year are accepting Jesus as their personal Savior and acting in a way that says we have a community here, and they try to figure out a way to not synthesize or syncretize, but to respectfully acknowledge different authorities who are not Jesus Christ, including their own government. And so we have such a hard time interpreting what they mean by being patriotic in China when they're still absolutely sold out to Jesus Christ. That's what mystifies us as Western Christians so much. So you and I, I think, celebrate together that China itself has become the anchor of world Christianity just in sheer numbers. They've got what, about 10% of the world's Christians
1: now? I would have to look up the most recent record, but that may be close. Yeah.
0: So, yes, I'm thrilled about that. I want to see more Jesus happen there, too. And I I do pray, as we're wrapping this thing up, that God will continue to give you more open doors and more opportunities and more of those families-type relationships within governments and other structures in China that you will always find welcome so that when you step in and be able to say the latest story, the news from the front lines of faith in other parts of the world, that they will believe you and hear you and acknowledge the truth through you because God will make their ears able to hear it And as he makes your ears able to hear what God's doing in them, in the strangest places, in the highest echelons of communist power, that people are coming to Jesus and they tell their testimonies back to you. I know that kind of stuff happens from time to time. So I'm thrilled that you are still in the game, my friend, and that you are doing the work you do. What's a, a closing word you can give us about where we're going next or what the church in the West should be aware of and praying for in China and those other parts of East Asia that are on such different footings than we are?
1: I think an interesting news story to many, perhaps, is what about this zero tolerance of mm-hmm. COVID? Yes. And keep in mind that there is a very important meeting coming up the end of October and a vote on uh, the new leader, the same leader, the new leader, 1st of November. I, I think there will be a tightening up. That's very normal in China. Yep. I'll share something kind of fun with your listeners. Okay. We wonder, why does President Xi have a, a zero tolerance policy? And I would remind them that this is not new in China. Right. Uh, back during what's sometimes called the Great Famine from 1958 to 1961, the then leader, Mao Zedong, decided to uh, follow the science. And so he came up with this four-pest policy. He said, we need more grain. And so the pests are, are destroying us, So we're going to stamp out all the rats, all mm. the mosquitoes, and all the swallows, especially mm. the European tree swallows. Yep. Well, because swallows eat grain, and they eat grains, we're going to kill them. And so he had junior high girls going around being taught how to shoot swallows, otherwise normal adults climbing trees and tearing down swallow nests, people banging pots and pans so the poor swallows had no place to land. And then when they finally come crashing to the ground, they run and they kill them. And they, Mm. you know, they did a pretty good job of wiping out swallows. Well, after that, they discovered that, not only did the swallows eat grain, they also ate insects, Yes, in particular locusts.
0: You're right. <laughs> and yeah, so I they had that. this
1: massive invasion of the locusts You came and in. And
0: nothing to control it.
1: And that was the zero tolerance policy of Mao Zedong. Yeah. But he was following the science. And, and I find it a little bit ironic that we have a leader who wants to be the next core leader after Mao Zedong, Mm -hmm. who's showing his supremacy. And he says, if there is one, two, three, four, five cases of COVID, we're going to shut down the entire city of Shanghai or wherever it may be, the city du jour. And what's amazing is his people cooperate with it. And so when people ask me, when will this end? My answer is, this will end when the swallows return. Yeah. Because it wasn't long before they realized they needed the swallows, that a zero-tolerance policy wasn't going to work. But never in Chinese history, at least where I've read, have they officially said it was a wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we can wait for them to say that this is wrong. But I would encourage everyone who has friends in China, pray for them. Yes. Uh, there is some shortage of food. I think more than that, what I'm hearing from the believers is there's there's an uncertainty, unsettledness. Yeah. What's my government doing? Are they telling us the truth? Yeah. And uh, I've never heard that before expressed quite so openly during my my tenure.
0: Well, everything about the the lockdown, especially in Shanghai, has worried me because of the sheer oppressiveness and the length of isolation. When you're forced to stay in your apartment and not even traffic around within a block of where you live, people do go stir-crazy in the worst sense of the word. And there's going to be a time when society breaks down their ability to even obey because they're so panicked. I think your, your swallow moment where the followers are finally going to break loose and keep flying is coming soon for that city. And it shows, at the end of those episodes, the weakness of a government for central control. There is a point where people can no longer obey, no matter how strong the strictures against them are. And it's a spiritual breakdown, as much as anything else, and psychological. So I am praying, especially for our friends, and we know you and I both know, some great, wonderful Christian people in Shanghai that are probably in the middle of this lockdown that can't move either. Faith may get them through, as long as they've got a lot of spiritual discipline to be calm and be willing to be in seclusion with Jesus. But for millions and millions who are in seclusion without anything and any hope, that's a very dangerous situation and probably more injurious to the the body and the society than being out where they could potentially get COVID. So, yes, I'll be praying with you on that one. I encourage our, our listeners to be remembering that you have lots of believer friends and lots of millions of their neighbors right now that are still in total lockdown in that country that we're just not hearing about. And I'm not encouraging anybody to get out there to be spreading the virus on purpose because of defiance. We saw plenty of that in the States. That made me mad. I mean, there's some things that are just common sense we should have been doing and preferring for others all along and being willing to be the ones to do the extra mile as believers that we just weren't willing to do because we decided to camp on our rights rather than our responsibilities in Christ. And yeah, the, the virus doesn't keep jumping around. And I, I am concerned about mutating and not really ever going away like it should, like we hope it would. Yeah, it's a threat here too, and it's going to be for a while, but I I do pray about the threat to our soul and to our peace in the midst of it all. What else can you tell us about how we should be aware of the news or processing it when we hear news from overseas?
1: You know, I would encourage your listeners, if they know of a good ministry that's supporting Bible work in China, it is still going on. and I think you can help them with that okay. and steer them to some good contacts, trustworthy, dependable people who yes. are verifying what they're doing yes. and make sure that their money is not wasted. Right. Um, in this time of high inflation, families struggling, We want to make sure that our giving dollars are going exactly to what they're intended to be used for. Amen.
0: Projects, including Bibles, for us have been something at the heart of our ministry for quite a while. And it's neat that we've been able to tie ourselves together with people who are producing them as close to the people who want them as possible. So we're not having to spend all that money just in transport. Those Bibles are being printed in country in many places of the world, and our partners have been very active in getting them hot off the presses, into the hands of those who want them and are willing to take them. So we're excited for that. Uh, Dr. China, our good friend, thank you so much for spending more time with us. I pray, like I said before, that God will give you many opportunities and open doors and less chance of getting stuck into a quarantine when you go places, and that God will keep you and your wife healthy in the days to come, and that you'll be free to do your work the way you want to do it very soon. What's e Thanks again for joining us today, as I've had the privilege to host Dr. China for another episode. My thanks to him for his generosity of time and keen insight into the Kingdom of God thriving in such a different culture and political environment than us. He'll have much more to share with us in future programs. But if you missed any of this three-part series, just drop in on our website, CompassionRadio.com, and stream them for free from the broadcast archive. Send your special gift for the Church in Ukraine today. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, PO Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need your friend, so contact us today.